0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Roster brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Roster brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a 100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game plus a 100% instant deposit match at ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SGP. We're brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win with as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter the Super Bowl props contest for your chance to win $100,000. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, February 11th, currently 1034 on the East Coast, and we are doing a very, very special bonus pod. Uh, Ryan McKee has the usual daily pod covered with the spreads and uh, the picks for the night, so make sure to check that out. But I am joined today by two of the other co-hosts, and we're going to go through the NBA trade deadline, obviously discuss the biggest trades that happened uh, yesterday in the NBA, as well as talk about the updated future odds for championship conference winner, division winner, and to make the playoffs. And joining me first, as usual, my partner in crime, my esteemed co-host and colleague, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, how you feeling this Friday evening, brother?
1: I'm feeling amazing because the books gave me a spread that I can't <laughs> resist today. So it doesn't – I'm not breaking down the games today, but just so everybody knows that we might as well just go ahead and lock up Orlando plus 13 and a half. Go ahead, lock it up, sprinkle on that plus 600 money line. That's all I'm going to say. You know the numbers. You know what this team does. Villanreal is back, and Villanreal is trying to have a hell of a day.
0: I see Terrell smiling from ear to ear looking at that spread right now. So I'm sure he's getting all his bets in right now. But also joining us, a very usual gentleman that does it both on and off the court, on the PropCast, on the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's my main man, Scott Reichel. Scott, how you feeling this Friday morning, my man?
2: i yeah, feeling pretty good. Uh, unlike Terrell, my team actually made a move at the deadline, ooh, so there's ooh. a lot to talk about. But as a whole, yeah, I think Terrell forgot to mention the total in the Bulls game, which he might bet up to 260. So we'll see what happens in that one. But definitely a lot oh. of interesting games today. Definitely not, I'd say, as eventful as previous days, sure. maybe just based on my action because. I mean, the favorites were just crushing for the last week. So that was definitely yeah. a profitable week for, I feel like, most people. But we're going to talk about the move that my team made. Besides that, uh, looking forward to the rest of the NBA season.
0: Yeah, now post-trade uh, deadline, uh, like I said, we're going to go through some of the trades. Obviously, the biggest one that happened yesterday in the in the NBA involving Scott's team. Um, and then we'll just, like I said, we'll talk about some futures as well, uh, tied t- to those um, teams as well. But like I said, we won't be discussing the – Sides and totals, uh, I know Terrell just gave out a couple there and Scott threw one in there as well. I was looking at that as well, but make sure to check out the regular show for the NBA Gambling Podcast as well uh, with Ryan McKee tonight. This is a special bonus part I thought that we would do. So, boys, let's just kick it right off, man. The biggest trade that happened uh, yesterday involving the Philadelphia 76ers and Scott's Brooklyn Nets. James Harden and Paul Millsap headed to Philly and the Brooklyn Nets acquired Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two future first-round picks, uh, which I believe, Scott. Can you? This is uh, the 2022 first-round pick was thrown in there as well, right? Oh uh, yes, I believe so. I can double-check oh. that. But it was definitely two. But they can defer. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. can defer that to 2023, though. Yeah. They can. Terrell, I'm gonna start with you here, man. I know we were on the Monday pod. And you got a uh, text message or a tip from one of your inside sources and this trade. And uh, why don't you get into the details before? Because you didn't spoil it on the Monday pod. But why don't you go and discuss that text message if you want to?
1: No, it really wasn't much. It was just, you know, they were telling me that they thought that it would happen at the end of that day. Like They thought that the, it had gained so much traction that would happen at the end of that day. It, it turned out not happening that day and happened actually at the deadline yeah. where they officially got everything together and said, all right, we're going to go ahead and pull the trigger on it. But so I think that over the past 24 hours from you know when everything happened to when people are probably listening to this pod, all that's being talked about is who won. Did Philly win or did the Nets win or blah, blah, blah. Just that third, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It is 100% possible for both teams to have gotten what they wanted and both teams to have won because I'm looking at the trade and I'm like, all right, this is literally what both sides wanted. Daryl Morey wanted a reunion with James Harden. Mm-hmm. He, he's been adamant about that. He was waiting to find a way to get it done. And now he has a reunion with James Harden. They actually got somebody that will be playing for the rest of the year. James Harden is going to take off his fat suit. He's going to get up out his cast. That hamstring is automatically going to be like steel. And he's going to go out there and ball. He's going to do what James Harden does in a regular season. It's going to be really good. It's going to kill Joe and beat um, MVP chances. Absolutely. It's going to kill Joe and beat MVP chances for sure. But it's going to be very good. For It's going to be very good. He's going to make all those other players, those kind of lower-ranked players on Philly, a lot better. And that's just what he does. And then they're going to get into the playoffs and they're going to be bounced in game seven. It's just part for the course for them. Whereas the Nets get somebody that will probably commit to the team. They get a... Lockdown defender on the perimeter is something Ben Simmons makes a defense better. It's so much easier for one person to affect a defense in basketball than it is football because one, you know, less space, less people, all that, blah, blah. But yep. Ben Simmons is going to automatically make them better defensively, and that's exactly what they needed. Plus, he doesn't. He's not worried about going and scoring the ball. He'll facilitate. He'll get everybody else going. They still have Kyrie. They still have KD there. They still have some, and they got Seth Curry and Andre Drummond in that deal. And I don't think those. I think those are going to be big pieces for them. So I really do like the Nets now. They mm-hmm. may not suck anymore. I like to see when they put it all together how everything looks. But ultimately, I'm still unsure. I'm still unsure of who, who I think is going to come out of this eastern conference i think that is at this point it's a four horse race yeah and all four teams have legitimate claims with probably the 76ers being the bottom of those four
0: yeah i think that um kevin durant summed it up the past yesterday when they were doing the all-star draft that said both teams got what they wanted or everybody involved got what they wanted but scott um obviously you being a brooklyn nets fan uh uh, what was your reaction to the trade and do you think that this improved the uh the Brooklyn Nets as as a roster so as you know even though I'm a Nets
2: fan I try to remain unbiased when it comes to breaking down my team sure I think the Nets won I think that both teams got what they wanted but long term the Nets easily won the steal and the main reason why is because Harden we can agree And some of the reports of the dirty laundry came out after where Durant and Harden had some disagreements about team culture, et cetera. What are the odds that Harden was actually
0: going to re-sign during the offseason? And and I I said this to when we made our 2022 predictions between myself and Terrell, I said that Harden was not going to be back in the Nets uniform next season. So, yeah, I I agree with you that uh, I don't think that he was going to re-sign. So Nets made absolutely 100% the right move.
2: Yeah, but the point is that I agree. I think maybe there was a 10% chance Harden's back. So let's say that you're 90% sure you're losing a guy. You pick up an all-star, a great three-point shooter, one of the best big men rebounders in the league. I know, Drummond, you can't really play late in games, but on the boards will definitely help. And you got two first-round picks for a guy who was going to leave for free in about five months? Yeah. Well, yeah, the Nets won the deal. I mean, I don't really know what more you could want if you're Brooklyn. Plus, Philly... The truth is people are looking at this year and potentially next year because Harden have already opted in for mm-hmm. next year. We got to talk about this contract for Philly in about three, four years down the road because Harden is in line after next year to sign a four-year extension and or a four-year new contract, whatever. It might be the worst contract in the entire NBA because with the salary cap going up, et cetera, ESPN actually brought on a former GM to talk about it. Harden, at the age 38 season, is on pace to make $62 million. 38 years old. He's on pace to make $62 million. So if Philly does not win a title in the next two years, Harden's already starting to show signs of decline. Mm -hmm. This contract might set Philly back about five years if they don't win a title in the next two. Meanwhile, the Nets pick up Ben Simmons, who's under contract, for better or worse, for the next three years. And people forget that even though he, of course, vanished against the Hawks, he's only 25. Yeah. So the Nets pick up an extremely young and talented player who's under contract for several years. Plus, the Nets could always flip him once they actually show that he's still good at basketball and he might pick up some trade value in the near future. But two first-round picks... A three-point shooter, an all-star, and a big man who's very good at rebounding for a guy who was going to leave for free during the offseason who would have been in line for a massive contract that's going to turn into an albatross on the back half. I think the Nets easily won the deal.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think they won the deal as well, especially with the two first-round picks that they acquired because Daryl Moore, historically, when it was with the Rockets, for him, it was all about acquiring first round picks and, and build enough draft capital. But for him to now really kind of go all in and get James Harden on this roster, which was probably the plan from day one since he signed uh, or, or went to the Sixers organization. But I feel like it did cost him a lot. But hey, now you get a, you get Joel Embiid paired with another superstar in the league with James Harden. Uh, and now James Harden can go out and do James Harden things like he was doing when he was probably when we with the Houston Rockets. Um, Scott, one more question. What do you think kind of led to this divorce between the James between James Harden and Brooklyn Nets? Do you think it was something that was not working internally between Kyrie, KD, and Harden, or he was just fed up with the system that was the offensive system that was being ran there?
2: Well, the truth is, a lot of people are automatically going to point fingers at Kyrie because he missed a decent amount of the games. I'm actually just not going to do that. I just think Harden and KD did not work as well as they wanted to because Harden refuses to play defense. And I feel like the Nets went into the season kind of based on the premise of last year, which was the regular season, will have one of the worst defenses of all time, but playoff time, will pick it up, and if we stay healthy, nobody's going to beat us. I feel like they just tried to run it back from last year, Mm -hmm. and Harden had his own injury issues throughout the season, not even including the hamstring with quotes around it for the last week. He's been banged up several times this year. And it just didn't seem like there was really much chemistry between the two superstars on the team. Of course, Kyrie was there half the time, so I'm going to ignore his input for for this argument. But it seems like that Harden and Durant just didn't see eye to eye the longer they were around each other. And I do think that was eventually why reports came out that Durant and Harden disagreed about the future of the team's culture or something like that. I also didn't think that Harden's press conference helped where he told everyone to, you know, act after he had four points against the Kings. I just feel like that was lip service. (laughs) That was kind of offensive to the rest of the team. But I think that they realized during the course of the season, this isn't working. And I'm sure Philly realized the same thing with Simmons. This isn't working. So I do agree that all parties got what they wanted. The issue is, I just think that Philly drastically overpaid for a guy who most likely would have been a free agent in about five months.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that about Harden probably leaving at the end of the year. Uh, Terrell, same question. What do you think that kind of led to the divorce between the the Nets and James Harden?
1: Mm, I really don't want to speculate because I wasn't in the locker room. I wasn't there. I really can't say what it was. Mm -hmm. I just think at the end of the day, James Harden just didn't want to be there. And it can be that simple because – it's like when you're going with this girl, it's the 80-20 rule. It's always the 80-20 rule. you sitting there and you, you got 80%. You're getting 80% of what you need with that girl right there. The girl that's with you, the girl that's with you right there that you hanging out. You're getting about 80% of what you need. But when that 20% come along and you ain't getting none during that point in time, that 20% looking real, real good. And so KD and Kyrie came along with that 20% and it was looking great. That 20% looked like 100 a few a uh, year ago a year ago today that 20% like a 100 and it was like oh all right like I'm gonna go right with that but whole time boy it was only getting 20% and when he got there he realized it and so it ain't nothing I mean it ain't nothing else to say he just didn't want to be there that's ultimately what I'm taking from this I don't know if they really had issues with Katie and Kyrie and you know the office system I really don't know that I just truly think James Harden decided wow I really don't want to be here no more and that's perfectly fine that is well within his right
2: I think the one thing you also gotta mention when it comes to breaking down winners and losers for trade, there's two waves to winners and losers because you have to do the initial reaction of who got the better end. And then you're gonna have the trade recap about two years or three years down the road where everything could completely age. I I cannot envision a world unless Philly wins the title, which I think all three of us would agree is not going to happen. I don't think Philly's good enough. So I don't think they're gonna win for the next two years, I mentioned the Harden extension or the Harden contract that he's in line for, which is kind of like why the Clippers had to pay Paul George after they gave up forty-five draft picks to get him. Yeah, you couldn't let him walk; like you had to, you had to, whether you wanted to or not. He was just built in; he was going to sign the extension. But I think three, four years down the road, I can really not envision a situation where Philly wins this trade, just because of yeah, how awful that Harden contract is going to be down the road.
1: No, because what if Ben Simmons goes out there and he's really trash? Like, what if Ben is really trash? Now, I don't think nobody really – like, anybody that really, really knows basketball, I don't think anybody really assumed Ben was trash from that playoff because, hell, James Harden disappeared in the playoffs. They just traded one person that disappeared in the playoffs to another person that disappeared in the playoffs. So, it's really – but if Ben is really not Ben, like, Ben is really just not good and he's overrated than what he is and really just a glorified defender – then, then this absolutely could look a couple years down the line like, damn, they did have James Harden. They could have made really it work out and possibly claimed one title before it left. Well, I'm just like, saying I that. I can't. I, I, the point
2: that I was trying to make is that let's just say, let's just say Simmons is as bad as you're talking about. He's still going to be extremely young. You can probably flip him, worst case scenario. But in a case where both of these teams do not win a championship in the next two, three years before Harden's contract kicks in, <clears throat> The Nets are clearly better off because they have more cap flexibility. Yep. You're paying $62 nah, million would, to a guy who's 38 years old. Oh, well, better off for the future, yes. I, was about, I said three years of, down the road looking at the future. Okay, okay. All right, the Nets yeah, are in, in a much future, better spot three years down the road.
1: But we do agree that if neither one of these teams win a championship, this was a waste of our time for everybody, right?
2: The point that I'm trying to say is if it's going to be a waste <laughs> of time. And if we, if we agree that neither of these teams are going to win for the next two years before the Harden contract kicks in – which is really what Philly's banking on. Philly's banking on winning a title one of the next two years. If that doesn't happen, then the Nets have a bunch of cap space, and Philly doesn't. So long term, I think the Nets got a massive W.
1: That's my argument. I think if I'm Philly, if I'm Philly I'd probably just move on from James Harden and won't get it, that title in two years. About you, the
2: point I'm trying to say is do you think uh, Philly,
1: Philly should? Would they
2: actually be willing to move on from a guy two yeah. years after trading Two first round picks: Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Drummond. That's why I compared it to Paul George.
1: Yeah, <clears> I would quick, say I would walk. say yes. I would say yes. One because I truly don't think Philly cares about those picks. Like at the end of the day, I really don't think a lot of teams in the in the NBA care about having their draft picks, whether they're first round or second rounds. They really I think it's trade bait for the Nets.
2: I think the Nets yeah. will trade those two picks for a they, player. And
1: I was surprised that they didn't move them instantly yep. yesterday before yeah. the deadline. I was actually surprised <laughs> they didn't move them instantly, but. I could see, I can see a scenario where they're able to move on from James Hart in, in year two, like going in, whether it's sign and trade, whether it's something and get something maybe minuscule in return. But ultimately, it's both teams here are banking on the next couple of years, which is crazy because they're in the same division. So this is going to be good. But ultimately, they're banking on the next couple of years, like, hey, we're going to get a title in this span. And if neither team does it, first of all, that's a, that is, Terrible on both of their parts because one of them of the two needs to win a title in these next two years. One of the two has to win a title the next two years. That is terrible on both of their parts if they don't win a title. I'm
0: not picking that it to really happen, is. but I agree with you. I, I think the Nets are probably more better in line to win a title between these two teams. I, we're kind of talking about Ben Simmons in last season where he kind of had to be that number two guy for the Philadelphia 76ers for them to win the title. But now being on the Nets, He doesn't have to be that guy, right? You have a guy like Kevin Durant. You have Kyrie Irving. Half a Kyrie Irving. Half a Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I was just going to mention that with the the vaccination status of him. But I still think that this roster right now, I think, is more better equipped to win a title within the next two years. And again, we're not going to know what we're going to get from Ben Simmons until we see him on the court. Now, that first game that – whenever Ben Simmons come back, I know Terrell's eyes are going to be glued to that game because he saw as a bet pending with uh, Ben Simmons to miss that first free he's throw. He's going to
1: miss that fucking free throw.
0: I swear <laughs> to God, like there's no way,
1: there is no way he's making <laughs> that free throw. There is way too much pressure. Way too now he's on the Brooklyn Nets. He is in New York. That and so Ben. <laughs> ah! Ben, if you thought that you did you could last in Philly, I swear, Ben, if you don't put on a show in New York, that is your ass boy. Oh my know. gosh. That oh, is a- it like that is you are not surviving in New York media. You may not be on the Knicks, but you are 100% even in Brooklyn. You are not surviving New York media if you don't put on a show. And that is instantly why I am having concern for the Nets, because when they get into the playoffs and they have these home games without Kyrie Irving. Oh, well, it's if right now, but let's go with when. <laughs> when, whatever, fine. When they get into the playoffs and when they have these home games without Kyrie Irving, if Ben doesn't put on if Ben can't play and Ben can't do anything offensively to help this team out, they are going to be out of it early. They're going to be out of it early because that is, that's that's potentially three games you don't have your second best player. And, yep. and then the other four games you're going into a hostile playoff environment against, no way, no way. So that's really my concern for his Brooklyn team. I, I'm sure that they'll go on a run and finish the regular season strong, but how are they going to look in these home games when Kyrie Irving's not on the floor?
2: I got to make yeah. a quick counterpoint because you're sure. mentioning the playoffs without Kyrie at home based on, let's just say, growing sentiment around pretty much America, there's a decent chance mandates will be lifted in pretty much every state by the time the playoffs start. So Kyrie might actually be able to play in every home game. That's, of course, that has yet to happen, but California's lifting the mask mandate in like five days, and we know that California is very strict when it comes to following COVID guidelines. So it does mm-hmm. seem like the longer that you actually go through the NBA season, the more teams will have less... Mandates, so there is a decent chance, based on what's going on, just based on the COVID climate yeah. throughout the United <clears throat> States, that Kyrie might actually be able to play an entire seven-game series.
0: Yeah, I know because Nevada yesterday just lifted the mask mandate as well, um, that they're not requiring masks anymore. Uh, so just is that from now. but is that from vaccinated and unvaccinated people? Yeah,
1: not if both. you're un... yeah, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So that's, so that's the point. No, I, so Kyrie right now
2: can't play home games, but for the playoff time or when that's supposed to take place. There's a decent chance Kyrie can play
1: home games. Well, if that happens, yeah. then absolutely, it, that's a game changer, and that's a game changer for Brooklyn because now they get, you know, their second leading scorer, second best player on the team, and a certified clutch bucket to go out there and do something. So I'm just it, throwing that point it, out. It's there. yeah, it's as of right now, honestly, I'm just I'm really not too too impressed. I have to see it going forward with these two teams and nothing ha- nothing in that trade yesterday made me want to run and put a
0: future on anybody
2: i still yes. like milwaukee and miami
0: yeah speaking of futures let's get the updated numbers for both these squads i know you know nets all season long were hovering as a favorite that hasn't changed i know we saw some plus 300s that number is now at plus 370. They're still the favorite to win the championship. And then um, the Philadelphia 76ers went from around 12 to 1 to 14 to 1, all the way down to 7 to 1 now to win the title. Um, obviously, I think we're all in agreement here that this these two teams are not going to win the title this year between the Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. But um, do either of you think there's a chance like, they win the conference and get to the NBA Finals? Scott, I'll start with you.
2: I don't see it. I think Brooklyn might actually have a better chance than Philly just because I'm looking at that Philly supporting cast and Tobias Harris has been very good for the last Mm -hmm. month. Do I trust him in the playoffs? No, but you're looking at Harden and his history of, I don't want to say playoff collapses, but basically playoff collapses. I mean, that's been his entire career. And you look at the supporting cast and Philly's backup center now is who? Uh, that's a great question. Paul Reed. I don't know. Potent- I know Reed played yep. earlier this year. I know he wasn't any good. Yeah. But I'm just saying, because Embiid's had a history of injury. Right. And now you don't have Drummond, who's a very solid backup center. On right. top of that, you lose Seth Curry, who's easily your best three-point shooter. Yep. So you want to go through supporting cast. You have Maxi, who's now playing off ball, which I don't know how comfortable he is doing that. Mm-hmm. I know he's very good with the ball in his hands. You have Tybal, who can't shoot. We know he's a great defensive player. Yeah. Corkmus and Gordon Zhang. I'm just saying, when Harden's doing his ISO thing at the top of the key and you have a bunch of guys standing around, you might throw some pick and roll in there. Do you You're- really trust Corkmus and Zhang being arguably the best two off ball shooters on the entire team to win a title? Of course not. You forgot, oh, in, you forgot Lakers and You forgot Lakers MVP Danny Green. Green. I Danny Green Sorry. <laughs> or Danny Red, however you want to call him. But <laughs> I'm not exactly sold on him in a playoff series either. I just don't think Philly's supporting cast is good enough. Yeah. And if you, I agree, a half mm-hmm. because Tobias Harris, you still don't really know what you're going to get. And I'm not putting Tobias Harris in a big three. That's offensive to big threes. But I don't think they're good enough. And the Nets maybe have a gear. Their supporting cast is actually really good now. Yeah. With with Patty Mills potentially coming mm-hmm. off the bench. They have pieces if Durant looks like the best player in the world for a full playoff series or for a full month. yeah. So I don't think either team's going to win, but if you're asking me what team core I'd rather have, I've seen Harden in the playoffs for about a decade. I've seen the awful defensive effort from him. You pair him with Doc Rivers in a seven-game playoff series, good luck. I think, I think the Nets have a better chance, but I don't think either team's going to win. Terrell, same question.
0: Uh,
1: man, I really don't want to go against Joe M B because ultimately when I look in the East and I look at what everybody's going on, and I don't see Joe M B not averaging 35 points in the playoff series against anybody. I don't That's see him not that averaging. Point? And, and that, the, the alleviation of that 35 points he's going to give them and what he does for that team offensively and he can actually get that offense going too so it'll be interesting to see how doc plays this with James Harding and with guys like Maxi and all that it's very I'm very interested to see how this offense is going to play out but I, i'm i'm hesitant to fade that i do still think that Philly is going to hit another gear in the playoffs. I know it looks weird now, but I think Philly's going to hit another gear in the playoffs. And I thought they were going to look good without James Harden. So I'm not going to fade them with James Harden. And they essentially, because yes, Andre Drummond was a good backup center, but at the end of the day, you got the buyout market. And I'm sure that they'll be in play for somebody like a Tristan Thompson or somebody else to come in and fill that backup center role. So I'm really not too, too worried about that. Essentially, you got James Harden for Seth Curry for me. Okay. And I think that's pretty I think that's pretty good. So I I I'm hard pressed to fade this Philly team. I don't think that they're gonna win a title. I'm almost positive they're gonna stumble on some weird ass doc shit <laughs> in the playoffs at some point, but I don't think it's going to be because of Joe M B or the talent that's on that roster. So I, I do actually think Philly has a pretty good chance of making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, definitely
0: going to be interesting to see how these teams look once, you know, James Harden is going to be on the floor for the Sixers and how he kind of meshes and and builds that chemistry with Embiid. And same thing, we don't know how Ben Simmons is going to look for the uh, Brooklyn Nets once he gets back on the floor. But, and with Kevin Durant coming back uh, off of the injury. Um, Guys, any final thoughts for this trade before we move on to a couple other ones that happened around the league? Scott, I'll start with you. Any final thoughts for this?
2: Uh, I think the final thought that I have is you might want to consider looking at some of the defensive metrics for Philly, maybe frame them, put them up on the wall, and then look at them about a month later. Because Harden's about to tank that defense so hard. Like, they're, they're number 11 in defensive efficiency right now. Yeah. I don't know h- what how big of a negative impact Harden's going to have defensively. It's not going to be pretty. And I feel like that's my main concern with this team. Because defensively... They had a gear to him where they could actually buckle down in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and I am trying to envision a situation where Harden even gives 50% effort
1: on defense. Terrell, final thoughts? Wow, this Ben Simmons prop is going to fucking cash, man. Like, It's <laughs> really wild. How it's are you really going to react wild. when Simmons banks in the first free throw? Oh, if God. he does that, no, and it's the, but that's the thing. That's the thing. So I'm not even going to be upset because then I'm just going to be like, all right, Ben Simmons is going to be amazing, and I'm going to ride his props for the rest of the year and make all my money back and then more because he's going he's gonna to have an amazing season if he can. That free throw is going to tell me how Ben Simmons' season is going to go. To be honest, I'm not going to lie. That free throw is basically going to tell me. Because if he comes off of this long layaway and he knows that this is like one of the worst aspects of his game, he knows it's terrible. If he comes back from that long layoff and misses that first free throw after all that time, after a, all that work that, that he probably time. should have been, it's 100% mental. He's going to have a terrible season. But if he doesn't, he's going to be great. He's going to be absolutely great. So I'm not, I'm not going to feel no type of way if he makes it, but... I'm I'm sorry. It's, I really hope he waits till he's in Brooklyn because I think the pressure of being in Brooklyn will really force him. So I hope he doesn't actually go tonight in Miami. Is it tonight or tomorrow night? Whatever. Uh, tonight, yeah. Yeah, I hope he doesn't actually play in Miami. But uh, if he's in Brooklyn, yeah, that thing is 100% miss.
0: <laughs> All right. So let's put a bow on that trade. Uh, one of the bigger trades that we've seen at the NBA trade deadline. That transpired yesterday between the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers guys let's take one uh, quick break here we'll come back and then we'll dive into uh, rapid fire through some of the other trades that transpired around the NBA WinBet is now live in Arizona Colorado Indiana Michigan New Jersey Tennessee Virginia Louisiana and New York we're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play from boosted games from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Don't forget about all the props that are available on WinBet for the big game, the Super Bowl. The best part? You can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour. Marquee Games of the Week will be better odds on WinBet, giving way a larger payout opportunity. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $10 and win $200. Download BetWin. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning today. You can also build your own player prop, same-game parlay, like I mentioned, for the big game over at WinBet. Aaron Donald to record a sack. Los Angeles Rams to come from behind and win. And Cooper Cup to have one receiving touchdown or score a touchdown is at plus 400. A scoreless quarter in the match, under 48 and a half points. Rams money line and Cooper Cup first touchdown score comes in at 14 to one. And also a D-Gents only, the Los Angeles Rams to cover the spread of four and a half. Cam Akers to score the first touchdown. Jamar Chase to have more than 105 receiving yards, and Joe Burrow to pass for more than 230 yards comes in at 40 to one. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at. WYNNBet.com must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days. A year is horse racing. Best part is, now there is a new way to play the ponies especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Sable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play amongst others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry, the app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play. Play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at stable, StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play. Race. Win prospect by IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might be as well as giving away your private data and to hackers, advertisers, your ISP and other prying eyes. That's why we over at SGPN use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypted 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, and communications, browsing history, and more to more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is take. Tap one button and you're instantly protected. You only need to know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP and use promo code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP all right coming off of the break uh let's quickly rapid fire through some of these bets I'm sorry bets uh some of these trades that uh went down um let's start with uh Washington and Charlotte here Washington made some some interesting moves yesterday let's start with them with the trade with Washington between Charlotte Montrez Harrell from the Washington Wizards headed to Charlotte in return Washington Wizards received Vernon Carey and Ish Smith uh Ish, it seems like he's back. Ish is back. <laughs> he's back. He's back. <laughs> Hell he's back. yeah. <laughs> he's back on the Charlotte Hornets. That boy couldn't leave uh, that mumble sauce alone. <laughs> Terrell, I'll start with you, man. Uh, Charlotte, a team you may or may not follow closely here, but uh Montrez Harold now kind of manning the center uh, in that front court for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, how much better or worse does this make the Charlotte Hornets? Hey,
1: welcome back home, Triz. Welcome back home, Triz. Carolina kid. So I get why they did it because the center position for Charlotte has been atrocious and they haven't, but Unfortunately, Montrez Harrell isn't the skill set that they need. I don't think of Montrez Harrell as a super big rim rim defender, somebody that's going to really – he's tough as hell, and he's going to add a a strong level of toughness, especially playing in the four back home in front of his home crowd. He's going to have family and friends at the game all the time. That's going to be really big for him. He's going to bring a lot of energy to that squad. So – I think it's going to be good for them and they'll have another option offensively, but defensively that doesn't make them any better in guarding the paint. It doesn't make them any better of having a force on the inside. I think it's still going to be a good move for them ultimately, but they're going to, they're going to have to coach around that defense. And they've shown us this season that it's possible with the run that they went on defensively. Now they've taken a step back in the recent games, but they've shown us that it's possible for them to lock in defensively. And that's ultimately going to be the difference in them getting into the playoffs or not is how can they, play in crunch time defensively when they're going up against these better teams in the Eastern Conference. So I think it's a great move. I think it's the fun move. It I know Montrez Harrell really appreciates it getting to come back home and getting to play for those guys. I know this offense is going to appreciate it. He's going to bring a lot of energy for them and he's going to add another level. Mm-hmm. For Washington, I mean they were said they were looking to move him. They said they were looking to move him. Yeah. And they're already going. They were able to do that. They're able bring in Ishmith back in, which is really wild that Ishmith and Tori Craig end up back in their respective locations after the trade deadline. That's fucking hilarious to me. But ultimately, I think it's, I think it's fun. That's it. I, really, I just think it's fun, and I think Charlotte is going to be a really hard team to root against. If they make it into the playoffs, it's going to be super hard to root against them. They're young. They're energetic. They're going to get after it, and they're going to put on a show.
0: Yeah, currently the Charlotte Hornets are plus 270 to make the playoffs um, in that Eastern Conference where one through seven are separated by five games. Uh, Scott, uh, trade or reaction or anything for this trade between the uh, Hornets and the Wizards? I feel like Terrell hit on a lot of my points,
2: mostly about Charlotte's defense. As for a gambling perspective, these overs are going to be very nice for Charlotte. I'm really looking forward to these game overs because Mm – I don't know how they're going to stop anybody. I mean, you're just sure. looking at a spot where we know that Munoz's favorite player, Mason Plum, has had a bit of a rough year. I'm but upset. you're looking at <laughs> you're looking at the situation that I'm a big Montrose Herald guy. I liked him at Louisville. Yep. I like his toughness. I like his intensity. I think he's a very solid player. We know he won six men of the year a couple of years ago. However, in several playoff series and on different teams with the Lakers and the Clippers, he was a healthy scratch half the time. Because he not, he cannot guard anybody. And now you're throwing him with a Charlotte team that we already know is ridiculously bad at defense. So does this actually help Charlotte become a more competitive team? Not in the grand scheme of things, because so they're going to give up 125 instead of 120. But your argument would be that Vernon Carey gave them nada, and now they picked up a guy who's won a six-man-of-the-year award in the past. So their bench definitely gets better. Yeah. Defensively... They are going to be so bad. And Ish Smith was actually good for this team, but at the end of the day, you definitely had a bigger need at center than back a point guard. So I do think that Charlotte got a little bit better, but damn, these totals are going to be something else for Charlotte for the next couple of months, because
1: every game is going to be a track meet where the race to 120 wins. LaMelo cannot get into foul trouble for the second half of this season. Yeah. That is really, that's where Ishmith came in. And Ishmith was a really good player for this team. When LaMelo would get into, he'll start the game, pick up two quick fouls and then Ishmith would come in and just start getting buckets. And so LaMelo cannot do that. He has to be more disciplined and he has to be able to get after on the defensive end, but also realize what he means to this team. And I think that's new for him necessarily. He hasn't, he hasn't really had to give a fuck about defense ever. And so now that he does and he tries to get after a little bit, he'll pick up those two fouls and not realize how much he means to his team and how much they need him to be on the floor to run that offense.
2: I think the byproduct of this trade is the fact that they felt if Smith was expendable because they might be fans of uh, Bowie Knight off the bench. Yeah, who, Book Knight. Who actually looked good in, in small spurts. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do think that Charlotte's looking over saying, you know, this kid's actually not that bad. We might actually want to give him some run, which made Ish Smith expendable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. UConn, you you UConn alone. He was good.
0: Yeah. He was great. He was great. Yeah. Staying with the same team that was involved mm-hmm. in the trade, the Washington Wizards also made a uh, another splash move with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they traded, well, not really splash, but... Some interesting names involved here. They uh, got a unicorn. Yeah, Dallas uh, traded KP, Kristaps Porzingis, and a second-round pick over to Washington, and Dallas in return receives Spencer Didwitty and Davis Bertans. Uh, Scott, let me start with you on this one. Um, it, this was kind of boiling over of KP being traded over the last couple of seasons and it finally happened for Dallas. Now he heads to Washington. Um, health, obviously, has been a big concern with KP, but – thoughts on this move by uh, both of these teams
2: this trade just confused me from top to bottom I, it's really tough to evaluate because I'm trying to envision what both GMs were thinking in this spot because Dallas we know Porzingis was never healthy and they had enough they were playing well without him defensively they were great Luca dropped 51 on the Clippers yesterday because he owns the team yep. but I, I just have a hard time really grading this because I have no idea what Washington's doing It's a spot where Beal might be moved at some point. He's been rumored to be moved for a couple of years. Now he's out for the year. Porzingis, who's never healthy, is under contract for another year, and then he has a player option. For 2023-2024, it's $36 million. I know the cap's going up. I'm assuming he's going to take that extension. I'm assuming that he's going to not test because of the injuries that he's had. 36 does sound pretty nice. So you're looking at about two and a half more years of poor Zingas. Beals out for the year. So this year is already a punt job. I don't really just understand what's happening.
0: Do you understand this trade? Because I'm lost. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I think it was for just for uh, Washington or for Dallas. It was just getting KP off the team because, you know, like I mentioned that it, 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 this rumor has been circ- circulating over the past couple of seasons, and again, I agree with what you said about Washington. We don't know exactly what they're trying to do here. There's no sense of direction. There's no sense of identity for this Washington Wizards team right now. And again, they're back at having the biggest question mark on this team is who's going to be playing that point guard position because you envision having Spencer Dinwiddie there, Bradley Beal's now probably. I don't think he's going to be playing another game as a member of the Washington Wizards. So now you're back to square one trying to figure out who's going to be playing point guard for this team, but. Terrell, uh, let me kick it to you here, man. Uh, Thoughts on this trade between the Dallas Mavericks and the Washington Wizards? I don't know. I have no idea what y'all are
1: talking about, honestly and truly. I'm truly confused because I think Dallas, they got a steal for a player that, one, barely was playing, and two, they didn't even like him in the first place. Didn't even like him in the first place. Ultimately, what they did in this trade was they added more weapons around Luka Doncic. And they got a backup point guard that can actually run the offense when the starters are sitting and when Luka's not on the court. Because ultimately, can Jalen Brunson do that? Yes, but they've relegated Jalen Brunson to playing alongside Luka at this point because they realize he's too good. He's too good to just say, hey, you're going to be our backup point guard. No, we're going to have you in the offense, and we're going to run you guys together. And they're still working out the kinks of that throughout this season. He has some on moments. He has some off moments. But ultimately, Spencer Dinwiddie – Playing like even though he was playing like it was Washington at the end of the day is was Washington, so I expect to see his his play to go back up, and then we, he they bring in Davis Bertons, who who yeah. is basically a forty percent career three point shooter, so that now they got a big is man brutal, that could, but yeah, yeah, it is yeah hundred percent brutal terrible contract, absolutely, but at the end of the day he's a forty percent a forty percent free throw shooter and a big man that was stretched to four for them, and more shooting, more scoring so now Everybody's locked in on the defensive side of ball, and they added two players that I feel like can add to them on the offensive side of ball. Dallas is slowly trying to make moves and put, they may not be putting a bunch of splash names and a bunch of big, big people around them, nor did they go out here and get two really good contracts at all. But they're not in a position where those two contracts are so detrimental to their team that they can't continue to build this team and grow this roster. So I think it's a pretty good move for them. They're getting two players for the price of one that wasn't even playing. And I think those two players can contribute immediately. At the end of the day, Dallas is trying to make it out the first round. They are trying to make it out the first round. And I think that this move made sure that they'll do it.
2: So I'll, re- I'll rephrase my stance briefly. I agree with Terrell's point that Dallas definitely got better. So I do understand the move from Dallas's perspective. Sure. The reason why I was so confused is because of Washington's side. I have no idea what's happening in Washington. Oh yeah, no, that's fucked. That's <laughs> why I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. So that's why I'm really confused. Dallas, I get it. Poor Zingas wasn't working out. Yeah. He moved on. Did what he's a ball handler. Now you could probably bring Brunson off the bench if you wanted to. You have a great sixth man, or you can keep in the starting lineup, run all three, and see what happens. But oh, the point geez. is, you have flexibility for Dallas. I get it. The Washington part is so confusing that it makes the entire trade confusing because I don't know what's <laughs> ha- I don't know what's happening because Beal's gonna be gone. I really don't see how he's supposed to come back. Porzingis, we know, is never healthy, and he's probably going to pick up the player options. You're stuck with him for about two, three years. I just don't know how Dallas wants to get rid of Porzingis. Dimwitty's good. He's on a decent contract. You really couldn't get one first-round pick in that deal? You couldn't get one first-round pick for picking up
0: Porzingis? Really? Really? Yeah, they only got a second round. Bertans, it was Bertans contract. Yeah. It had to be Bertrand's contract. That's what it I'm assuming,
2: be... but yeah, because cap space is so great when superstars want to flock to D.C. Like, yeah. what are you supposed to do with the, with the cap space? They're not going to sign
1: anybody. You think people want yeah, to go to the Wizards in a rebuild? First of all, KP's not going to know what the fuck to do when he gets on U Street. He's going to walk on U Street <laughs> and look like he's... In freaking wonderland like whoa what is this over here what are they doing with their feet <laughs> like he's going he's that's gonna mess him up already he's gonna get to dc and not know that culture and just absolutely gonna throw it's gonna throw him off it's gonna be hilarious i can't wait to get back and see him out there i mean if i are gonna
2: if yeah i'm sorry i'll let you finish your point
1: Sorry. no 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 you're good i was
2: just gonna say if i was great in the trade i would give dallas i'd say a b plus just because i still have to wait and see how everything's gonna mesh yeah i give washington It's either a D-minus or an F, because I don't know how you don't even pick up draft capital. You picked up a second-round pick for a team that's blowing it up. And Porzingis, he's so injured, I don't even know if you can flip him for anything. Does he have a market? Do people actually want him?
0: Who, Porzingis? Yeah. Nah, I don't think so.
2: So you just decided to swallow two, three years of 30-something million dollars for a tanking team? I have no idea. I just don't understand what's going on in Washington. It I just think makes they, no sense.
0: Yeah, Washington needed a center, but uh, KP's not your traditional center, right? You you, you parted with Montrezl Harrell uh, to Charlotte. Thomas Bryant is back for the Washington Wizards, but... Gafford's still in protocol. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, you know, again, the whole thing with Washington is what direction they want to go because they kind of now have this mix of veterans with young talent. Just, they just got to make a decision on what they want to do as far as um you know hey are we going to tank and and pick up you know improve our draft position or you know keep on trying to build a roster now around freaking christopher Porzingis and then kyle kuzma but again the biggest question mark going forward like you mentioned scott is going to be what and i think we're all agreeing about that is what it's going to be the future of bradley Beal on this team and i i personally believe that he won't be playing another game uh for the washington uh, washington wizards so anything anything else between the the Wizards and the Dallas, before I, you know,
2: we move over to the Boston Celtics. Well, Terrell can finish his point. I, I accidentally interrupted him before.
1: I don't even remember. Oh, you're talking was... about
2: KP on U Street and how he was going to look lost oh, in
0: Washington. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. As- oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's 100% going to be lost out there, man. That's a whole different culture for him. He's going to be culture shocked for sure. But Washington's really bad, man. I, Washington's is really bad. They're just not a good organization. And so. I know Dallas, when they accepted the deal, they were like, holy shit, how did we get that off? <laughs> like, how did that even happen? So, it's, I mean, it's a wait and see. I guess maybe, you know, hopefully they're, I feel bad for Wes. I just, I don't know how he's supposed to, what he's supposed to do with this roster. It's just, like I said, it's just a ragtag team of players. Like, this is the most random assortment of players ever and it just got more random by adding a seven foot seven footer from lots so
0: we'll see we'll see
2: never know it'll fade in the second half right
0: Tur- yeah Terrell, yeah 100 over or under on the wizards uh win total from the beginning of the season under okay so i think under. you're probably look <laughs> you feel a lot better about it right now after all these trades that kind of trade are they five- at? Uh, they're at 25 Very- and 29 right now
1: Oh, it's not. A, it's not impossible. It's not. It's going to be.
0: Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's going to get.
2: going to play. They're going to play. They traded Aaron, Aaron Holiday, too. So what? You're going to play Raul Neto with
0: 32 minutes again. <laughs> yeah, they have to throw Neto Corey Kisberg out there for about 30 plus minutes a night. But have fun with that. Yeah. Let's move over to uh, one more team. Um, the Boston Celtics. I know Terrell has not been high on this Boston Celtics. Team. They made a couple moves. Uh, Some cost saving moves. They did acquire Derek White from the San Antonio Spurs for Josh Richardson. And they also shipped out uh, Bulbul and PJ Dozier, I think, a pick in there. And they acquired a pick as well. But this. Yeah, they also traded Schroeder over to the Houston Rockets uh, and acquired Daniel Tice in return. But nothing too bad. Yeah, the the, the two. What is, are... the,
1: what is with the Celtics and getting centers back? Why? Why they they literally let these people
0: go and then go trade for them back? I do like the pickup for Derek White though in in that backcourt, uh, probably coming off the bench for sure. But um, anything that kind of stood out for you guys between the the Boston Celtics moves that they made?
2: I think the main takeaway I had is how the hell was Houston a buyer at the deadline? How did they actually get a player that was better than what they gave up? I'm lost. This is where I'm really confused because I said during the podcast yesterday, Eric Gordon had about a 90% chance of being traded and Houston was going to trade some veteran pieces. How did you acquire more talent? How does that happen?
0: (laughs) So they traded, I mean, they traded, they, uh, they waived uh, freedom. And I think they're just going to hang on to Bruno Fernando just to hang on to him. Uh, But with with dennis Schroeder, i'm surprised that they haven't negotiated a buyout yet but um for, for dennis Schroeder, he went from having a contract offer on the table from the lakers to going to the boston celtics where it didn't work out until, to probably the worst team uh in the, uh in the nba the houston rockets life comes at you fast if you are dennis shooter but um, any other trades you guys want to touch on before we get to a team that didn't have uh a single move where we kind of felt like they needed to make a move but i think well, those were kind of the main ones
2: i was gonna say i was making a joke about the houston angle but we didn't actually talk about <laughs> it from boston's side so yeah. we can actually have that conversation yeah I go ahead. Kind of funny. but to go quickly on the celtics i like the Derek white move yeah. richardson was actually playing decently for the last month but if you've watched him for any portion of his career you know richardson's an extremely streaky guy who kind of vanishes all the time so i feel like you had to upgrade there the The Schroeder move, I found confusing. Now, I know Boston wanted some frontcourt depth, and Tice gives them some versatility defensively. But Schroeder's still a very solid bench point guard, and you're bringing in White as well. I just don't think Boston improved with the Schroeder trade. I definitely like the White trade. But the Schroeder one left me scratching my head.
1: You? Yeah. So, Joel, go ahead. Oh, all I was going to say is you're giving them more credit than me because I don't know how you let Derek White come off the bench. Because, and I've said this time time and time again, they need a point guard. They need a point guard. They need somebody that's going to run this offense. And while Derek White can shoot the hell out the ball, he actually is pretty good running an offense. He's shown us that. With the, um, with the extended time that DeJounte Murray's been out, he's shown that he's able to be a point guard and run the offense and get the offense going. So I'm hard pressed to even think that they're even going to regulate him to the bench. They might move him into the starting lineup and play some, and whether Horford or Williams comes off the bench, something like that. And I'd be, I'd be, I, I just, I don't think Boston got better. White was a great trade. That was a great player to bring in. But like Scott said, with shooter being out and it doesn't, it just doesn't seem like he's going to do, he's going to move the needle for them at all. It kind of just feels, it kind of feels like a waste of a really good player to be honest, because you got a really great player and you're probably going to be in the same predicament that you were in
0: before you made the trade. Yeah. Um. This kind of tells me that Dennis. Shrew, I mean, Dennis Schroeder t- starting to turn into a journeyman. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. that there's something that's he, in the locker room that's happening with Shooter because nobody's has really signed him to a long term contract here. He's, you know, he went from OKC, he went to the Lakers, he went to Boston, now on Houston. And he's not going to be a plan. To, or he's not going to be a part of the plans for the Houston Rockets. So, you know, there, there's something that told me that's something that shooter yes a great player a great backup point guard i'll have but maybe team chemistry wise he might not be a, a great locker room guy so that, that you know that that's what i'm kind of getting at here but um one more quickly trade we can touch on here is the uh, serge Ibaka um trade the four-team deal i'll just quickly name the main players that were in this trade the sacramento kings acquired dante Divincenzo, josh jackson trey Lyles, and then milwaukee bucks that needed some front court help with Serge Ibaka. And they got two future second-round picks and cash. I know offline you were talking about, and i was sorry, Mar- Marvin Bagley heads to the Detroit Pistons who uh, needed some frontcourt depth or somebody at that center position. But we'll see what we get from Marvin Bagley for the Detroit Pistons. But you know, we're kind of talking offline and teasing that. Is Serge Ibaka, Scott, you were mentioning, is he finally going to be able to move here now that he's with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks? But Milwaukee Bucks, we knew that they needed some frontcourt depth or a guy uh, to protect the rim, at least, and they picked up Serge Ibaka here. But um, thoughts on this trade?
2: I'll let Terrell go first.
0: Terrell.
1: So my issue with this trade, and I would have loved the trade, and I think it's still pretty good. One, it tells us what we all already know that Lopez is done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my issue is, and I've said this on this pod, multiple times, multiple times, multiple times, and it happened last night. It happened last night when they played the Suns. This team has no bench depth. Their bench sucks. Their bench cannot add any level of scoring. They can, they can do some things defensively, but they do not add any level of scoring, and Dante DiVincenzo coming back from injury probably was the best scorer coming off the bench for them. Pat yeah. Connaughton is very streaky. Pat Connaughton is, a, is probably now their best bench player. And then you're, you're kicking the tires and seeing what you got in Wes Matthews and seeing what he's going to do. So now Serge Ibaka has to come in, and he has to score. He has to score to make this trade worth it in my eyes. Because Donson Dimenchenzo can get hot, and he can give you 15 to 20 points mm-hmm. when you need it. Yep, I've seen him do it before. That's my issue with the Bucks, I, And that's why I expected them to be in a play for Terrence Ross. I expect to do anything to strengthen the scoring on this bench because if the starters are not otherworldly and when they come off the floor, it's ugly. It's really ugly for scoring the basketball. And now you're just hoping and praying that your defense can get you long enough until the starters come back on the floor. Scott?
2: I think Terrell hit the nail on the head for Milwaukee. I think that for a title contending team, This trade made them worse. Now, they got two future second-round picks and some cash, so that might lead to something maybe down the road if they want to trade for something during the offseason, whatever. But Abaco, we're not sure if he's washed or not. And as Terrell mentioned, the bench is brutal. And DiVincenzo can't really stay healthy. That's been the issue of his career. But if you watch him when he's on the court, he's a pretty solid basketball player. Is he great? No. No. But he's a pretty solid bench guy who does a lot of little things well and i do think that if he's going to give you a little bit of scoring punch off the bench especially defensively i think he's a very good defender then i do think that missing him is going to hurt when your team already lacked depth in the first place plus we talked about it briefly before the bucks ended up trading for Ibaka. you really couldn't find a future center on the buyout market in a couple of weeks you really had to make this move i i doubt it i think there would have been some big man available in a week or two that you could have signed and plug and played in my opinion
0: yeah i didn't like the bucks losing a guy like dante divincenzo um obviously he, was, he didn't wasn't part of the run last year but i pen you know what charles just said that the bench depth is not which was already lacking for the bucks is now even thinner without dante divincenzo you have pat, pat covington coming off the bench now, and. Sergeant Baca, you know, like we said, they made the move really for the rim protection or having a middle guy, because we now know that kind of confirms that Brooke Lopez is not going to be back this season for the Milwaukee bucks. But um, yeah, definitely be interesting to see anything else you guys want to hit on uh, as far as trades before we get to the lack of moves made by the Lakers.
2: Well, in this trade, this, I got to just mention yeah. the brief winner. Sorry, because I'm just going to stick with this trade because we only talked about Milwaukee. Sacramento's picking up some random guys. 100%. Even Chenzo, you know, good for them, whatever. Yeah. They're going to be bad, so they got some depth. But I think the real winner here is Detroit. And I'm not a fan of Bagley. I'll be honest. I don't think he's a very good player. I think he's fine. But I do think if your team is going to struggle, which it is, because this team's not going to be good for a while, at least you have a big man point guard youth combo then you can see what happens. It's a low-risk trade for Detroit. You traded some players who you didn't really like in the first place. Lyles and Jackson were there, but they didn't really do anything. So now you pick up Bagley, who has a little bit of upside. You gave up nothing for him, and you can pair him with Cade Cunningham. So I do think the experiment alone makes Detroit a winner because at least they got somebody who has the potential of being good. And that's a lot for Detroit.
0: Terrell, any thoughts on the other teams involved? I think Sacramento won.
1: It's it's clear-cut to me that Sacramento won this one. They moved on from Buddy Heald and got somebody who can still give you the same production on the outside that DiVincenzo can do. And as you're looking around at, at what's on the Sacramento roster, they are one hit away from the draft from making it a little bit interesting in the turnaround of this team. One hit. Now that's a lot to ask for from Sacramento, yeah a lot <laughs> that is a that is a hundred percent a lot to ask for from Sacramento, but hear me right now if Sacramento gets in the lottery and gets a top three pick in the lottery and they flip that into a otherworldly like it doesn't have to be otherworldly but a really really good player, a really good solid player, they're gonna be right back in it and maybe not. Anywhere where we're thinking that they're in a contention for anything, but they're gonna ultimately be better than where they're at now. So I think Sacramento won. They're they're building the pieces, and they just need that one more in the lottery because nobody's gonna go sign with Sacramento. We know yeah. that for a fact. Mm-hmm. So they, it takes that one good player from the lottery that's gonna help boost them. So I really do like what they're doing with Divincenzo there, and it seems like they're committed to. Hey, we're just gonna get some pretty solid basketball players. And, you know, say we get lucky and we draft the next otherworldly player. hes They're going to have some talent around them. For Milwaukee side of this, future-wise, this is why I said I don't know who's going to win the East anymore because Milwaukee play, basically traded themselves out of it for me. Okay. Because, one, they got rid of a really good bench player. I don't know what I'm getting Serge Ibaka on the offensive side of ball and they didn't make a play for Turns another bench player that I thought they were going to make. So they kind of played themselves out of it for me and now is leaning. And honestly, looking around, at, I think Chicago just might just be back in it because as soon as they get Lonzo and Alex Caruso back, they're going to go back up defensi- defensively, and they're still going to have the offense that they did have. So um, Chicago could still be in it. I think Miami... Really, probably should be the front runner. They're, they're my especially favorites. especially if Victor Oladipo actually makes an appearance and actually does anything of, of worthiness. That team's going to be really, really good. So they're really, really good now. If Oladipo comes back and actually does something of value, yeah, they're going to be really, really good. So Miami probably should be a favorite, but it's just at this point it's just like throwing a dart at a board and that team is going to come out the east
0: yeah i think that this was a move that maybe milwaukee really didn't need to make a move um you know i re- I was a fan of dante even chindo especially like you talked about terrell having at him at like at the depth position even off the bench but uh it'll be interesting to see what serge Ibaka kind of um provides for this milwaukee bucks team uh Clippers, they got Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale. You know, nothing too fancy there in the return for Serge Ibaka. But anything else for this trade, guys, or anything else uh, as far as trades that did happen uh, around the NBA yesterday?
2: A quick shout-out to Rodney Hood, by the way. Trade deadline, Hall of Fame. He's been traded <laughs> at four trade deadlines in the last
0: five years. <laughs> Let's put a bow on the NBA trade deadline for twenty uh, the 2021-2022 season. We are going to take a short break here. We'll come back and then we will uh, dig into the lack of moves made by a couple teams. we brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sport and eSport app for player props. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of the 20 available player props to build your lineup for the Bengals versus the Rams. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive Fantasy has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game that is a $25 to enter and first place that takes home $20,000. Use promo code SGP when you sign up and receive 100% instant deposit match on your first deposit of up to $100. That's promo code SGP when you sign up today and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Deposit $10 or more and receive the deposit match plus two free 100,000 contrast entries. Download the Thrive Fantasy app on the app store and google play store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com sign up and prop up today thrivefantasy.com promo code sgp roster brought to you by prop swap where america buys and sells sports bets the only thing that's more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is prop swapping the NFL playoffs. January was Prop Swap's biggest month ever as bettors from across the country cashed in on their Super Bowl futures. Like Jamie from New York who sold a $100 25-1 Bengals Super Bowl ticket for $1000. The buyer got great odds and Jamie made 10 times his money. Prop Swap has thousands of buyers across the country so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales, and a red hot tickets for sale. A loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports betters on PropSwap where America buys and sell sports bets. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. The fantasy season may be over, but action is still coming in on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise money along the way for charity. It's totally free-to-play. You'll earn better credits by... Completing challenges and using them to place your bets, Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 U.S. states. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. And last but certainly not least, the SGPN app is offering a 100000 super bowl prop contest go 10 and 0 with the super bowl props and win $100,000 only exclusively on the SGPN app the SGPN app is now live in the app store and google play store the app gives you access to all of our free picks and podcasts like this one don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today all right coming off of the break um the hot topic last night or yesterday in the NBA Slack channel was the Los Angeles Lakers, in particular, LeBron James, a team that we all I think were anticipating to make some type of move, whether that was trying to move on from Russell Westbrook or, you know, trading Kendrick Nunn or THT, but nothing really transpired for the Los Angeles Lakers yesterday. There was a report that did come out that the Houston Rockets had offered the los angeles lakers john wall but they wanted a first round pick attached to this trade in return for russell westbrook but the lakers said no thanks to that but scott let me start with you here on the lakers no moves made (laughs) i'm in the camp that they're not going to make the playoffs but what are your thoughts about what happened with the lakers or lack there of movement for the los angeles lakers yesterday
2: well, in the midst of all of my prop cast team rants, occasionally I'll throw in a betting nugget, and I believe I said I like the Lakers to miss the playoffs at plus three fifty. That was several months ago. Yeah, and I, that has gone—I said—aged pretty well. Am I shocked the Lakers did not make a move? No, because who the hell wants any other players? Exactly. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what you want me to say. You, yeah, you're gonna exactly. You're gonna sign Tht to a contract, even though he's not very good, and then. Teams are supposed to go, oh, the Lakers are calling me. I got to see. I got I to gotta take this. Of course not. They don't have anything to offer. Wh- who are they going to trade? Beso- that is any value beso- that's actually available that people would want. Maybe Malik Monk. And that's maybe because Monk might be the third best player, fourth best player on the team. So you don't have anybody. Austin gonna, Reeves doesn't
0: tickle your fancy.
2: You're going to call around and ask about Austin Reeves. You're going to ask about <laughs> THT old man mello and throw in trevor ariza like and you're going to demand a first round pick. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> the other gms treated palinka like a telemarketer during the trade deadline and just immediately let it go to voicemail. They just didn't even pick up the phone. They just said, "Oh, Polinka's <laughs> calling me again?" Oh hell no. And they just immediately had the uh awareness to just hit the silence button but no, I'm not surprised. The Lakers don't have anything to offer and yeah. I feel like if you were worried about the Lakers to bet them to miss the playoffs, it's because you were expecting a last second uh you know 25th hour deal that was going to half save the season. Yeah. It didn't happen. You can put your concerns to bed. The Lakers will probably miss the playoffs and I think the takeaway for me is that when the it gets ugly for the Lakers, which it should, LeBron might take the final week, couple weeks off. I, I think that might be what happens to end the year. But for the Lakers, am I surprised they didn't make a move? No. Are they going to miss the playoffs? Probably. So this just confirms my thoughts that I had for a couple of months.
0: Yeah, Lakers. Right now, they are in that play-in tournament bracket. They're uh, let's see, uh, twenty-six and thirty. They'll get into the play-in tournament because right now the Pelicans and the Trail Blazers trail them by three and a half games here, but. What do finish thoughts? Above 500. No. No. Okay. Hmm. Turn do you think thoughts they're on... finishing above 500? I kind of want to see what they're up to. I don't think they will because right now they're 26 and 30. They would have to go 20. Sorry. They would have to go 16, 16, no, 15 and 11 wow. to be at 500. And not only that, but they do have the toughest schedule remaining in the entire NBA. And they have still have two games against the Suns. They have three against the Warriors. Uh, you throw in the Sixers in there. They have the Dallas Mavericks, the Cavs. I mean, <clears throat> they have these very, very difficult teams. That, uh, schedule left. And right there below them is Milwaukee at number two that has the most difficult schedule left. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Lakers. But, Troy, let me kick it to you here, man. Uh, Lakers, I-, I think that Scott hit most of the points on the head that they have nothing really to offer. But what is kind of your outlook for the Lakers for the rest of the season here? I mean, just tread water, make, make
1: playoffs. That's it. I think if they, I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain that if they make the play-in tournament, they're gonna come out the play-in tournament. I don't. I'm not really afraid of anyone, and I wouldn't put my money on them losing, you know, to New Orleans or depending on what the Clippers end up doing with Kawhi and PG, not really putting my money on them losing to the Clippers. Now, if one or both of those guys decide that, you know, they have a chance against Phoenix or Golden State, then they're they're shit out of luck because they'll beat the shit out of Lakers easily. Yeah. And... Minnesota is pretty clear-cut to me, seven. I don't think that's going to change in any... I'm pretty sure Minnesota would beat the shit out of any of these teams that's under them.
2: I don't think the Lakers make the playoffs, even in the playing tournament. I don't know how many times I need to see them lose to Portland or lose to random teams, and suddenly it's playoff time, and I'm supposed to expect them to flip a switch. Are we sure about that? Teams are just not very good.
1: Um, yeah, they're not. They're not,
2: but ultimately... They're going to trust LeBron to win to win a couple of playing games with Anthony Davis. I, I I get it. It's just and it's
1: yeah. is is it. that and obviously now this team is about to have a come to Jesus moment. And I'm not going to I'm not going to and I still think Frank Vogel is very very close to being out of there. And ultimately a new energy is just needed. And so this team is about to have a come to Jesus moment because now this is the team. Yeah, Because you're not getting shit in the buyout market. I don't care. You're not getting shit in the buyout market. So this is ultimately the team. This is who you have left. They're going to sit down in this locker room. They're going to be like, we need everybody to buy in. We need everybody to make sure to contribute and not play like shit. And in that moment, when they have that team meeting in the locker room and they go over this, everybody's going to look at Russ and everybody's going to say, Are you? can you please act like a fucking NBA basketball player? please and russ is going to have one decision to make is he not going to care and just continue to put short shots up on the top of the backboard or is he actually going to realize his role with this team and just tread water because i promise you if russ just treads water this team could actually win games because he's going to give them minimal but good production Yep and it's going to actually mean something rather than the fucking 20-point scorer that he wants to fucking be. So, I'm not going to fade. I'm not... It's just that the the bottom of the West is just shit. It is shit. And they are shit, but this whole thing is shit. So, am I going to sit here and say that they're not going to make the playoffs? No, because they're shit playing against shit, and anything can happen. I think New Orleans would
2: actually beat them, personally.
1: I don't. Mm
2: -mm. I think they got a shot.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, they got a, they, yeah, they got a shot, but I'm, I'm not buying into it, especially after you know, not knowing what they're gonna look like for the second half of the season, especially with the defense that they're issues that they're going to have, and I don't know, but I'm just not 100 percent going into the fade of the Lakers right now. I'm waiting to see what does this team do now that the trade deadline is passed. Because guess what, and best believe. Leading up to the trade deadline, and I wish I kind of handicapped this a little bit beforehand, but I didn't think about it until afterwards. Leading up to the trade deadline, everybody's on fucking edge. Everybody is on edge. Uh, Everybody in that organization is on edge because they know that any one of them could be gone in a second. So now it's over. You're here. This is it. Nothing's changing. What the fuck are you going to do? So I'm interested to see what they look like after the All-Star break.
2: I think the one quick storyline I want to mention, which is not really trade-related, but I still think it's worth bringing up involving the Lakers. How long can you wait before you actually make a coaching change? Because can you really switch coaches when you're 60-something games into a season? I don't know if that's ever happened for a team that's competing for a playoff spot. At some point, you're going to pass the point of no return where it might be too late to make the coaching switch. And I feel like the Lakers are approaching that moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, does it make sense for them to make a coaching change right now in the middle of the season? I don't. I think the team's screwed anyway. But I think that the
2: fact that they couldn't trade anything to improve the roster tells you that the front office might even acknowledge that because Vogel's still there. Yeah. I just don't know how a new coach you bring in, it's going to be Fisdale, who would take over.
1: Yeah, How's that so, supposed to help? So Nate McMillan took over March 1st. Nate McMillan took over March 1st for the and you know this is the shorter abbreviated season so there was less the games and yeah. Yes, that Nate McMillan took over March 1st for the Hawks yeah. and they went on a run.
2: Th- they also so started if first we, race, though. they started it later.
1: Yeah, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So there's a, it's a little like it's different there because they had less games and yeah. you know, it but they were 14 and 20 at that point in time and then he took them on that 27-11 run. So if if there's anything compared to is Nate Millen and the Hawks.
2: But even the Hawks were less than half games through the actual season when they made the move.
0: 34. Yeah, was we well, 72 uh, game season last year? Right? 34. Yeah. 36. Yeah. 34. Uh, I mean, I'm, those say, two I'm saying games, you didn't
2: reach the half point yet. Yeah. The yeah, Lakers yeah. are around 50 something games.
0: 56. I, yeah.
2: I, I'm saying, I don't know. I think it's too late to make a coaching change.
0: Yeah. Right now, there's only, what, 26 games left in the season yeah. for the Lakers and you're four games under 500. Um, they're going to be in that. With that playing bracket right there that playing mm. tournament in the Western Conference but like right now you have two of the five top players in the NBA like it's time for them to step up and they need to have like Terrell said come to Jesus moment with Westbrook and be like look dude we can't have you shooting this basketball. The whole team mm-hmm. yeah I mean you, you throw, Malik monk has been good for them I think outside of he's streaky he's yeah, streaky. From, from James Davis and Malik monk nobody else should be shooting the basketball get the ball to LeBron get it to ad find an open Malik monk um, and I think those are the only guys that will be shooting, uh, shooting the basketball right now for this Lakers team right now. But, um, to, uh, Scott, you're in the camp that Lakers are not going to make the playoffs despite getting into the play-in tournament. What do you Frank, think? You didn't, you didn't answer your thoughts. I think they're going to get in. I think when you still have two of the top five players in the NBA, they'll find a way to get into the playoffs. But I think it's going to be the same repeat of last year where I said that they were going to be bouncing the first play uh, first round of the playoffs where they were last year by the Phoenix Suns. That's the same thing is going to happen this year, whether they're playing the Phoenix Suns again in the first round or whether they're playing the Golden State Warriors in the first round again. So um, I think they'll get in. Nothing's going to happen for them in the playoffs, um, not even get past the first round. Terrell, you're in the camp that they do get in the playoffs as well, correct? Yes, I
1: think they'll get in. I'm just... Um, the the bottom of the w- West is shit. And I'm going to take LeBron James and Anthony Davis over that. It, it, yeah. Call me a homer. Call me, no. you know. Yeah, but it's I'm I'm taking those two guys over what I'm looking at at the bottom. of. The yeah, when west you have
0: I'm two honest. of the top five players in the NBA, I mean, you always have a chance. Right? You win two games. You win two games.
2: Yeah. I think it could go one of two ways. I think either the Lakers get some of it right, right around playoff time for the bracket, or what we've seen in the past when things don't exactly go so well, LeBron packs it in. Yeah. And I'm not fully sure LeBron's not going to pack it in.
0: Yeah. uh, Again, they have the the toughest schedule remaining, like I mentioned. Um, He's what, he's 37? I don't know if he really
2: wants to. I'm not going to say he's going to punt the season entirely. Yeah. But if he's been battling some issues with his knee and he's had some durability issues this season, do I think he's going to fully lay it on the line with no days off in the final couple of months in the season? Mm -hmm. I don't. I think that there are some questions to ask there
0: and who's to say anthony Davis doesn't get hurt again for you know yeah. another two to three mm-hmm. weeks here and you know like i said parlay that with the toughest schedule they have Golden State say warriors on saturday night in prime time in uh san francisco they have utah and then you get into the all-star break so uh, and then coming out of that they have the two matchups with the clippers uh the pelicans and the dallas map so i think you know it's tough to say if they if they're able to get somehow these, these two games heading into the all-star break and build some momentum coming out of it it'll be interesting to see what kind of transpires for this lakers team but anything else you guys want to touch on around the league as we're kind of approaching the all-star break here in the nba um anything else scott
2: well i know you were talking about this segment was going to be teams that didn't make a move yeah we can talk about sure uh we could i'm sure a lot of people expected us to talk about the knicks after the lakers yeah i'm not even going to do that i want to talk about another team that i was disappointed in and I don't want to say they costed themselves a championship this season, but I think they hurt their chances. It's the team that played against the Knicks last night. It was Golden State.
0: Okay.
2: I have no idea how Golden State did not make a move. It, for me, it was obvious. You needed to add some form of depth for, for bench scoring. You needed something. I think Jordan Poole's good as a bench point guard, but you're going down the line of the guys they have. You're throwing in Iguodala, who hasn't played in about a month, you have Bialikso who's playing some minutes. You have Damian Lee, a couple of guys you can throw in. Kaminga I like. I think Kaminga's pretty good. But you're telling me this team couldn't have used the Terrence Ross or an Eric Gordon? Really? They couldn't have used anybody?
0: I think for the Warriors, it's, the, the, it, it's probably the wait-and-see approach with, when Draymond does eventually come back. And maybe Wiseman. And Wiseman, i think they're gonna be okay you still have andrew wiggins here right i mean he had a, he's, he's having an all-star year rightfully deserved clay thompson is starting to look like the splash brother he was prior to his two injuries and i think that's a, that, that's what they're kind of banking on here because they've seen success with those three guys with draymond with with the splash brothers and you add in the andrew wiggins who can score some points for you and then you eventually are going to get uh like you said james Wiseman back so did they need to make a move sure but was it i think completely necessary for them no but i think the other team that scott you and i have discussed as well that probably need to get some scoring power was the phoenix suns they gotta use a guy like eric gordon and terrence ross all coming off that bench they did pick up tory craig but you know that doesn't really move the needle for them right now but
2: they got aaron holiday
0: yeah okay yeah, that, that's not too bad, but I'm very surprised that the Rockets were still able to hang on to Eric Gordon. But the rumor was that they did want a first round pick in return. But uh, See, I
2: don't know what to, I don't know what to think about the Suns because I did think they needed to make a move. I still think they're the best team in the league just based yeah. on consistency. Sure. You think they need to make a move, and they beat Milwaukee by 30. So I don't really know what Phoenix <laughs> needs right now. Yeah. Golden State lost to the Knicks, and I know that Draymond Green didn't play. I know they're missing some guys. But I've been watching Golden State for the last couple of weeks, really ever since Klay came back. I'm not sure how good this team actually is. And I know that Draymond's a huge piece, Mm -hmm. and I'm aware of that. But I'm looking at the bench, and I don't think the bench is very good. You're throwing in a bunch of guys like Otto Porter, and you're hoping they give you a bunch of minutes. Phoenix might actually be set after beating Milwaukee by 30 craig can help i like aaron holiday as a backup point guard so now shamit won't play thank god but i do think golden state needed to do something pick up a shooter pick up anything even a backup center until wiseman maybe comes back we're still not sure about his situation so golden state sitting there and doing nothing i found extremely disappointing
0: Maybe they get someone in the buyout mar- market, uh, you know, as it kind of transpires. We were we'll starting talking about some buyouts here. Maybe that's what they were waiting for. Um, but Terrell, any thoughts on Golden State Warriors or the Phoenix Suns here?
1: Mm, I'm not as quick as Scott to say that the Warriors needed to make a play just because I know the injury issue they're having to go through and the fact yeah. that. You know, you're still getting Clay in the form and getting them ready because there's no reason he should have made. He should have missed that shot against the Knicks last night. Like, as asking, do you like the Warriors bench? I do, I, cause, because because it's Warriors basketball. Their bench is literally Warriors basketball, and you don't know who the fuck is going to come out there and be that additional score for them. But their system is so good that somebody always does it. Like it's consistently that somebody does it, and I know that they've had their struggles of late, but it's more often than not that whether it is an auto porter or whether it is a Belenka, or whether it's a Gary Payton or whether it's a Jordan pool or anybody else like that, they have all these amazing. options where somebody, yeah. Like JTA yeah. is they always have somebody that somehow finds their groove in that system for that day and adds an additional level of scoring. So I don't have an issue with their bench at all. I think that is pretty solid and Draymond and Wiseman coming back to the team is going to be a big boost for them and I'm ultimately I'm not ready to write them off it's just Ste- Steph has to stay being Steph and once the Splash Brothers get back into their rhythm they're going to be really good and they're going to be you know one of the two best teams in the league so they're going through a little bit of growing pains right now but I I said this was going to happen yeah I told you when when Clay comes back they're going to go through these growing pains as a team it's going to happen so I'm not really surprised at what they're doing right now and I'm waiting for the market to buy down on them, which it probably is doing as we speak. And they're probably not gonna be as big of a favorite against the Lakers that they really should be. And I'm just gonna smash Golden State for the rest of the season. I, gotta... I feel
2: like, yeah, I was gonna say, I, I feel like the bench, I'm not gonna write off Golden State. I still have money in them to win the title. Yeah, But I do think another shot creator off the bench helps. Cause you mentioned Otto Porter, you mentioned Toscano Anderson. The only one who can really mm-hmm. create their own shot off the bench is really Jordan Poole. Yeah. Maybe a mm-hmm. little bit of Kaminga, but not really in terms of creating his own shot. I just mm-hmm. think they could have used another guy who can get you a bucket while you're resting Curry and Clay.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that... Where This is where I trust Steve Kerr, and I think Steve Kerr is a great coach because Steve Kerr knows how to manipulate that rotation and whether it is an Andrew Wiggins that's playing with the second unit a little bit more during games or whether Draymond is hanging out there and getting that second unit going. But their system is just – like Steve Kerr literally took being a role player as a head coach and took that shit personal and turned all his role players – into somebody that can actually be really good for that day. And you just don't know which one is going to be, so you don't know how to attack that second unit.
2: Do you think Golden State is the team to beat in the West, or do you think it's Phoenix? Because I think it's Phoenix right now.
1: I, I agree. I think it's Phoenix as well. As of today, I do think it's Phoenix. Okay. But it, when Golden State is healthy, I will say it's Golden State.
2: Okay. I was saying factoring everything in, assuming that Draymond's back. Wiseman... 50-50. Then, yes, it's Golden State. It's Golden Wiseman State. Wiseman, 50-50. But I don't know. Yeah, I think I think Phoenix is I think it's going seven, no matter what.
1: Yeah, 100 percent going seven, no matter what. But I do think is I think it's going to state. I I really do think it's going to state. That's, you know, now, you know, you all both know that I think whoever has the unlucky situation and it seems like is probably going to be Golden state playing Memphis, whoever has the whoever has the unlucky situation and playing the Memphis Grizzlies is going to they're going to have it they're going to have their hands yeah. full yeah mm-hmm. and ultimately that's probably where phoenix is probably going to get the nod because it looks like it's going to be golden state that has to play memphis at some point and then going from whatever the fuck memphis is going to give you to a western conference finals if <laughs> if you get it there like if you even get past memphis because i'm not even 100 percent golden state gets past memphis because how memphis plays them so that's that just sucks. Being a two seed is just that's that's going to be a lift in its own because there's such a big difference between having to play Memphis and having to play fucking Utah or yeah. whoever else comes mm-hmm. in into that section. So yeah, I will say Phoenix for right now definitely ha- is the odds on favorite. But again, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm telling you, the. Men in Black came down with the Neuralizers and let people forget. I love him to death. I'm not wishing anything on him. Winston-Salem, I love him to death. I'm telling you, that is really my guy. But I have seen this story too many times with Chris Paul and having this great season and then going and getting hurt towards the end of the year. He's still 36 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I need him to be healthy. He has to make it through. He has to give me another year. He gave us one. Yeah, You got to give me another year being healthy. Or I'm telling you, it can look very, very bad for Phoenix in a Western Conference Final. Not during the playoffs, because I think that even without Chris Ball, they can easily make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. But it will look very bad for him in a Western Conference Finals against a Memphis or a Golden State.
2: They better start resting him down the stretch of the regular season, because they're going to wrap up the one seed, I think, somewhat quickly. I just mm-hmm. think they're so mm-hmm. good. They really should not play him for like the last week of the regular season. Just keep him healthy at all costs. Hell, wrap him in bubble wrap if you want to. Just do anything to keep him on the court.
0: Yeah, Phoenix right now has the fourth easiest schedule remaining in the NBA. So, um, and, and Gold State right now is kind of in the middle of the pack there. But again, with the injury concerns there, and like you guys mentioned, um, you know, I've seen this where Chris Ball, we saw it last year, right? We, there's no Chris Ball. There's a, there's a fall off. There's a big fall off. Uh, after Devin Booker and Chris Paul were your two best players and probably the best backcourt in the NBA right now, I believe. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on post-trade deadline here? Maybe teams look out for or any final thoughts about the trade deadline. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you as we kind of wrap it up here.
2: I think an underrated move. It's not really a big deal, but I like the Raptors getting Thaddeus Young. I think that helps them create a little bit more versatility. Uh, we know Dragic was... People forgot probably still in the league, but he hasn't played all year. Yep. He might get bought out by San Antonio. But the point is, the Raptors were a team I thought that would buy at the deadline. They didn't buy much, but they bought some, which counts. Uh, they finally put up playoff odds on the Raptors and every other team. Yeah. And the Raptors are minus 475 to make the playoffs, which hurt me. I was hoping it'd be around 2-3-1. to one, But they're getting in. This team is dangerous. They might win around. They might shock a team or two. And that is young, gives them some depth, and I think that that's important. So I think for an underrated trade that can make a team competitive to maybe be a sleeper team to make the Eastern Conference Finals, sure. I'm not picking Toronto to make it there, no. but I do think this trade helps them shore up some depth.
0: Uh, quickly, speaking of Dragic, he, he, it looks like he is going to be bought out by the Spurs. That would be a player, if the Golden State Warriors added on the bench, would that kind of solidify It's a hell of an addition do? if they get yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, too. Terrell, uh, anything else uh, post-trade deadline team you're looking out for? Any other trades that you want to touch on before we wrap it up here? Bud?
1: Boston needs to do everything in their power to make Gordon Dragic come to Boston. I Ultimately, I thought he was going to Dallas, but with the Spencer Dinwiddie trade, I don't think Dallas is going to be the option anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Boston needs to do everything in their power to get Gordon Dragic to come to Boston. I think but, that's, uh, the that they, buy, that's the spot. For a would you want to go there? For for Boston?
2: If you're Drogic, I'm saying you have a choice between... Oh, all, oh yeah. Boston oh, no, 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 no no. To Boston? no, no.
1: No, no, they're going to have to go and do some crazy-ass shit. They might need to go pull a Pat Riley and pull some fucking... Get Bull Russell to put some fucking rings on the table or some shit. And I don't know. that I, I would never want to go to Boston, especially how this team is constructed, but he could be a very, very good add for them and actually bring some stability to that squad. So... But, however, I don't. I actually don't know where Drogic is going to go because my first instinct was going to be Dallas, but with Spencer Dinwiddie coming in, I'm not 100% certain where he'll end up now.
2: Golden yeah. State's the first team on my mind.
0: Yeah, I agree with Scott there. Um, there was a list of teams that Woolwich pointed out that they did confirm that they were going to buy out the Spurs work Gordon Drogic, and he listed a couple of teams. I was trying to pull that up while we were talking, but I just couldn't find it. But even Schroeder, maybe, if Houston buys him out, Golden State should pick up somebody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure there. Let me see quickly if I can find it here. Um, no, I can't. If not, I'll, I'll tweet it out if, if, if I do uh, do come across it here. Uh, but that, oh, here it is. I'm sorry. Uh, Dallas, Milwaukee, Chicago, and the LA Clippers are the teams expected to be interested in drogage. Um, oh, yeah, Milwaukee. For service. Yeah, Milwaukee, I think, would be a nice pickup for them as well. All right, guys, that's going to bring us to the end of the NBA trade deadline reaction show. Um, this was a lot of fun. Got caught up on teams, uh, you know, looked at some future odds here as well. Some predictions about, you know, some of these teams that we discussed for the second half of the year or post all-star break. Um, Scott, anything else you want to get off the chest and then let the people know where they can find you as we uh, we uh, close it down here?
2: Uh, not really. I feel like the trade deadline one was the way that I thought it was going to be. The Harden trade was basically telegraphed for about a week, and you really didn't have many other big names, so to speak, being moved. A couple of maybe underrated pieces here and there, but nothing crazy, so that didn't surprise me because a bonus trade happened earlier in the week. Same thing with McCollum. So besides that, uh, you can find me at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio on Twitter. Besides that, st- uh, still doing a bunch of editing for the NBA Gambling Podcast, still doing the PropCast, doing the Die Hard Eagles Podcast. I've been keeping busy.
0: And I'm looking forward to the second half of this of the NBA season. 100%, man. Uh, Terrell, anything else, man? Let the them know where they can find you, buddy.
1: At really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. I'm telling you right now, if you haven't gotten your bet in, go ahead and get it in. We're just going to auto-fade the Jazz with a double-digit spread. Gobert's questionable, by the way. I mean, they've had a full team before and lost at home multiple times. I don't care – who is on this team? They have they have proven time and time again that they struggle to do this. So, if they if they somehow by the grace of the basketball gods get this covered tonight, then congratulations to them. But this is wow. I mean, Rudy Gobert. Because what if he's not even ready? What if he's just trying to? I honestly think Rudy Gobert is just trying to play so he can play an All Star game. <laughs> because he that means that much to him because he was damn near about to cry when he didn't make the team. he cried when he was picked last he wants to play in a game he wants to do that so bad that is literally the highlight of his career every single year it's not making the playoffs or making a run it's literally playing in an all-star game so i'm i'm almost positive he is only trying to play tonight so that he can put some string of games together so he can be like oh, all right i can play an all-star game
2: he was actually the biggest winner yesterday because he was drafted with the second-to-last pick in the <laughs> all game mention, before man. James Harden.
0: <laughs> he wants to go out there and play for Kevin Durant for not picking him Do you last. know how,
1: but do you know how, like, that's literally, I don't even, I wouldn't even feel better about that. I wouldn't even feel better about that at all because you're telling me that I went all the way and the only reason I wasn't last, the only reason I wasn't last, because the NBA is petty as fuck.
0: Kevin <laughs> Durant is...
1: Because people, people are petty as fuck. You're telling me that's the only reason I didn't go... How do you even take that as a win? How do you take that as a win? That's not a win. That's not a win. Literally because of pettiness. Because of pettiness is the only reason that he wasn't last again.
2: Well, that's because Wiggins, that's Wiggins was a starter. Wiggins would have been last had he not been a starter. No way.
1: Re- you you think that Wiggins would have
2: been picked before Gobert? I think no 100%. chance. 100%. No chance. I will no. put any amount of money. I Gobert's will put to better the money that I don't want to hear. I will Gobert's put any
1: amount. Player. No way.
2: A awesome. much better player than Andrew Wiggins. Come on! Oh God! Really? He was about to flip a chair. Oh, he Come just on, left man. the building. The man has left the building as we speak. Like I'm the supposed ref- to say that Wiggins is better than a
1: multiple times? No player. way. We okay. are. There is no way. No freaking way.
0: I got to go you, with Terrell, Andrew Wiggins. This one. Really? You think yeah. Wiggins is better than Rudy Gobert? Not better. I think he would have been picked before Rudy Gobert. In Absolutely. A, in an game. It's an all game. I don't agree with that, but that's just me. <laughs> who the heck wants? Who wants somebody who's better? Attribute
1: is the defensive side of ball and the rim protection in an all star game. You're not you even rebound. gonna give me
0: that. You're not even gonna give me that. He can rebound, rebounding and called defense and rebounding in the all star game. <laughs> come on, Scott. You know, oh, he's gone again. Look what you did. <laughs> did you guys give official uh Super Bowl predictions on the on your pod yesterday? Uh, I, oh I'm waiting to God. the Bengals in the
1: show, okay.
0: All right, so that's going to bring us to the end of the NBA gambling podcast trade reaction show. Again, a bonus pod that we wanted to throw out for you guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to close out here, Scott. Quickly, final score for prediction for the Super Bowl.
2: I'm going to go with 27. I'm going to go with 27-24 uh, Bengals. 27-24
1: Bengals. Uh, Terrell, final score prediction for the Super Bowl. Let's go with 24.
0: Rams. Evan McPherson actually misses the last kick. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's my prediction as well. Rams 24, Bengals 21. Uh, Give me some Cam Akers 35-1 to to win the MVP. He's going to go for 100 yards, two touchdowns in this game. So, All right, guys. So that's going to be the week for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Make sure to check out Ryan McKee's uh, Friday pod uh, with the picks on there as well. We'll be back next week all the eyes are going to be on us guys with no more football NFL NBA gambling podcast as we kind of wind down the season here uh, last but not least make sure to get into the $100,000 contest uh, the props contest happening over exclusively on the SGP and app download it on your app store Google Play Store get in there limit amount of spots a free $100,000 contest there so make sure to get in with that being said guys you can find me at on Twitter at sports Nerd 824 Good luck with your bets this weekend. Enjoy the big game. We will be back on Monday for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Till then, let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball,
1: give me, give me, give me the ball, because I'm going to go get it! Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball, because I'm going to go get it!